What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behaves! I mean, I would even... I don't even want to make a comment about Tiger because I feel like if I mention it right now, we'll just talk about that for 20 minutes. And we do need to tell people... This podcast is brought to you by Ease, E-A-Z-E, dot com, promo code HAM, John. Ease is the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Guy, there were some rumors going around Mm. that Phil and Tiger's gum usage was not just regular Orbitz or something gum, that it might have been CBD-induced. And you never know if they went to ease.com, promo code HAM, and got $20 off their first purchase, over $50 free delivery. But it would make some sense as, you know, I may or may not be on a little CBD right now. Uh, and it's just has benefits, kind of wakes you up. I mean, there's different fla- there's different things. And that would, maybe they were on the focus one. I, hell, if that is true, I want to get a hold of that gum uh, that they were chewing. Now, I also read that it has benefits so you don't clench your jaw and it just keeps you loose and helps you breathe. Yeah, so I chew gum at night. Yeah, Jordan chews gum. But you chew gum when you go to sleep? No, I'm kidding. Oh. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, it makes some sense. But go to ease.com. They're all over California, Bay Area, East Bay, all the way down to Southern California, DOC, Sacramento. was just in Sacramento last week. Billboards everywhere. They're taking over. Ease.com. Promo code HAM, H-A-M. $20 $20 off your first purchase or $50 free delivery. Go get it on, baby. Uh, I did notice the Tiger wasn't chewing gum at the end of the Masters, at the end of his round on Sunday. Maybe he spit it out. He'd been locked in. That gum is probably worth millions, whoever picked it up. Uh, I mean, amazing, John. Just what an amazing, not just Sunday, the whole weekend. We talked about a lot last week. It was just hard for us to envision him. It turned out there is a trophy that you raise. I don't know what that is. Is that a little mini Butler's cabin? It must. Or like, yeah, maybe the sweet home that the champ stays in over the week. Because I think certain people, I would imagine Patrick Reed got complimentary staying somewhere. Right? If you're the champion. You would hope. Like, to me, the best part of 
not the best part. There's a million great parts. But like I texted you Sunday, Patrick Reed being a part of this, like there's this this amazing Tiger Woods ceremony, and there's five people in the room. One of them is Jim Nance. One of them is the president of Augusta National. The dude that took over for Payne. One of them is the guy who's in class today at Oklahoma State as the low that was, amateur. That was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and the other one's Patrick Reed. Like these are the people in the room. Who actually kind of feels like him and Tiger, I would imagine, at the Ryder Cup, like, hit it off, right? Yeah. Like, that maybe they're a little closer to each other. That, that was the, the whole thing, guy. I Can you believe it, man? I, I mean, I, I really can't. Uh, it was as cool of anything, really, the last couple days. But one of the big stories in Tiger's entire, in his career of dominance, like, the one kind of pushback always was, well, he he's probably the most dominant player but he's clearly the greatest front runner because in his 14 majors he had never come from behind and then he had a couple chances when he kind of came really storming back into our life last year it's like oh my god he's gonna win the british open i remember i was up at Bandon dunes for my little brother's bachelor party we were watching it and then he didn't get it done and then the pga championship it's like fuck he's gonna come back but kepka just was too dominant and then at the tournament that you called, he was in the lead pretty early. I think he led like three of the four days, right? Yeah, like I mean, by, Saturday, by was, Saturday, it was like, this is his to lose. Yeah. He was a putting machine, remember? Yeah, so it was a little different. Now, that was, he didn't win or lose. It wouldn't have changed that much. But he has, I was reading some shit that like, that kind of made him believe, because it was a unique tournament, because there were only 30 people there, but... 30 best fucking players in the world. But this one guy, at one point in time, on Sunday, in the Masters, he was down three shots. He was down like three shots with 12 holes to go. It did. It was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to pull this off. He needed what happened, happened. He needed some, he, he needed a Vanderveld moment from, from Molinari, who felt like a fucking machine. Like the Italian stallion that was just slow and steady. I see a lot of people... On Twitter, act like he looks like Jimmy G. He's like a little shorter, chubbier Jimmy G. Ah, uh, that's interesting. But it was, uh, it was remarkable. It, it was one of the coolest things I've ever watched in my my sporting life. And I also think my my one takeaway today, and there, there's class a couple people in the media like, is there a little overreaction? Do you know what that shows? It's one of those that, and it's rare in this day and age. That was just people. It's just about sports. It was just about the game, like the game, the putts, the shots the championships, the legacy. Like, it was pretty just kind of pure. I, I agree with you um, because I know what you're saying. I would say if Tiger had just not won a major in a long time simply because he'd been injured, right, then I don't think it would quite be what it was. I think Yeah, it but was... part, part, of, part of sports are just the stories. Like, Jordan's dad dies. He goes well, that's, what I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. a, I, that's why I agree with you, because I know what you're saying. Although, I mean, a sports story, yeah, that had off-the-field stuff, but, but it wasn't like it wasn't about, like, Donald Trump. It wasn't about taxes. It wasn't about, like, race. It was just about fucking Tiger Woods, and that's what was cool. Yeah, the Tiger Woods story is more than just golf. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. But it was like, still it, just it, about Tiger Woods. So... If Tiger Woods had just been an injured golfer, it would not have been the same yesterday, right? It, it was I, – I don't – the part that's interesting to me, one of the things that's kind of interesting to me is that his addiction to prescription meds kind of gets underplayed. 
because he was involved in so much stuff that we just say all the off-course issues. And I, do, I don't think that's people hiding from it necessarily every time you hear it like that. It's just a lot of – that encompasses a lot of stuff. But I do think specifically this guy had a mugshot and a mumbling message and a mumbling – well, the mumbling message was old. A mumbling conversation with the police. This was really recent. Um, and then on top of that, the five back issue, the, the back surgeries, which I think in part lead to the prescription medication use. I mean, but things were emo- Forget about physically low. Um, I don't know. Five back surgeries. I don't, you know, people don't come back from that. But the emotional guy, stuff you he had to overcome. He, guy, he tore his Achilles and had to have reconstruction knee surgery yeah. on top of all This that is stuff. why you just say all the stuff because there's so much stuff. You'd spend 10 minutes like going through every category. His, his injuries are like legit 35-year-old former defensive end, 18-year career guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Like well, his, his, his golf injuries are not just, you know, Jason Day, vertigo, and I think his back gets tight. But you don't feel like he's mean Joe Green walking around with a limp. Like it, the one thing you got to take a step back. I started doing this last night. Like Jack still shows up, you know, when they do the inaugural. Since Arnold died, it's just it's just Jack and uh, and Gary Player. And Jack, you know, has got to be I don't eighty years old. I mean, late seventies, eighty. I mean, Gary's old too, but he's one of those workout freaks. Yeah, Jack was like, off bone fishing. Is that what it was this yeah, weekend? Is, is Tiger at eighty years old going to be able to do that? Like, there's a, don't you think there's a chance by the time he gets 70, he, like, he can't play golf anymore? Because he's going to have – there's going to be some arthritis. There's just going to well, be – Well, I'm with you. I love – I wish – I would love to see the uh, the flight tracker on the ceremonial opening tee shots from Jack and Gary. Jack's was bad. I think Gary's was down the pipe. Jack made a motion like it wasn't good, but you never know. Like, people are like, oh, like, I don't know. Where did that go? Um, but, yeah, I, I would – I, 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 I would be. I still. Th- I still. I'll say this, John. I still think when we talk about what's next for Tiger, we still have to say if, as long as he stays healthy, one hundred percent. And that's that's a huge elephant in the room with him. I think we get into kind of like moving forward. This is pretty sweet. Like, I, I do feel pretty confident that we're going to get a couple years of like. It's not crazy if I told you, guy, he wins three majors in the next two and a half years. Right. Right. That right. that's. I'm not expecting this to be an eight year run here. But I am all in. Can't wait. Because, like, this year, the PGA Championship's next. I was like, oh, when's the U.S. Open? Well, remember, they used, moved the PGA Championship up. Right. This could be one of the coolest golf seasons ever. The season ends a month earlier this year. Yeah, because it they end it by football. They're just going all in, and they got the guy they need. It's I, too I saw, bad that this isn't a Ryder Cup year. But he's never been a great Ryder Cup player. Well, he's going to be the, the President's Cup, like, playing captain, you know? Yeah, to, to me, just... The majors kind of feel back now, like they they just really matter. And, and I was thinking last night when I was uh, on a little ease dot com promo code ham that it just getting deep thought about the whole thing. The one thing that Tiger, even Michael, like Michael, he hit the shot as a freshman, right in nineteen eighty two, but it was different back then. There was you know Dr. J and Larry and Magic. It took him a while, like probably till the mid, you know, 86, 87, his, even his first couple years in the NBA for him just to become this thing. Did you watch it all, the Michael Jackson uh, documentary? I have not, no. I've heard many things. It, but... it's, it's a hard thing to watch. But 
sometimes if you're just on YouTube, you'll just, I, I've a couple times get lost in Michael Jackson. You're like, God damn, this guy was so goddamn good at music. But he was in everyone's life, if you're like 60 years old, when you were like 10 years old. So you just took off on this life with him. And like Tiger, even more than Michael, kind of closer to LeBron, but Tiger is much more in common with Michael. We've been on this ride. Yet unlike, he's not a musician, and he's not a basketball player, something that most people know. He's a, in this niche sport that created this, knocked down all these racial barriers, knocked down all these, it, it's not, most just the average guy does not play golf, whatever color you are, because it's kind of always known as a elitist sport. Well, this was this poor guy, the dad was a Marine, that created this machine, that then dominated, and we all just took off on it. And he made everyone care. And then he changed the clothing world. Like, if you go into an office now of, like, business casual, what are most people wearing? Slacks and the Nike polo. Now, maybe Under Armour, maybe Peter Millar, maybe some other style. But they kind of created the shirt that basically every working class guy from, like, 34 to 60 wears to work every day. And then he just disappeared from our life. But his fame when he disappeared and went through all the shit from his wife to the DUI to the injuries, his fame was gigantic. And his fame became so gigantic in this world before the social media. Like LeBron's life is all based like his fame. Now he's really good and he's one of the best players ever. But he's a product of social media. Like Tiger, Michael Jackson, MJ. I mean I'm probably missing – I mean there's countless people. But just – their fame was so strong, they didn't need fucking Twitter or Facebook. Like, Tiger was a massive deal in, like, the late 90s. Like, if this was 1997 all over again and this story had happened, you, me, and every other young guy that loves sports would be like, I was thinking, like, I'd be itching for that Sports Illustrated article to come. I couldn't wait to whoever wrote it. Like, just, you'd be glued to it. You'd open your Sports Illustrated and you go, boom, right to the Tiger article because it'd be, like, four or five pages. And it would be incredible. Rick Riley, whoever would be asked to write it would, I mean, it'd be that you already know what the cover would look like, right? It'd be Tiger going like this, the comeback, just the world's changed, you know? And it's just, he's, we kind of changed with it, with him, but without him, yet we held out hope. And it was one, like, I I noticed this yesterday, guy, and I kind of got emotional. And I think you can kind of relate to this too. People always think like, oh, you're a Niner guy. No, I, I really don't get emotionally moved by anything anymore when it comes to sports. And it kind of sucks. You know, it's just kind of does. Because at my core, why I got into this, because not because of like I wanted to like make takes about race with sports. Like, I, I hate that shit. I just want to talk about sports. And now it's like people people get on you about, you know, you don't like this team. You don't like this team. You're too negative, whatever. Like that was just a sports story where everyone kind of had the same take and it was kind of cool. And we're all rooting for the same guy. And it was like I was rooting for something that I've been talking about since I was in, like, elementary school or junior high. Well, if, you, just, if, if we did a poll of what's been the I, most – I kind of felt young again, and that I don't get to feel that much anymore. The, um, the national championship game this year made me feel – made me yell out loud. I don't yell at the TV ever. Now, part of that depends on are you gambling on a game or not. But gambling aside, when are you, like, emotionally – Yeah, I would say take the money out and right. just go – like, I get a lot of just – People on my three and out podcast, just random fans from all over the world. Like, hey, I listen to you in Australia. Hey, I listen to you in the UK. I'm a huge Titans fan. And that really, like, that team, just because if you grew up on them, or the Bengals or the Jets, like Derek E. Ray, our boy that runs the recruiting for the fucking Oregon State Beavers, tweeted, 
he's like, he just did a tweet, wife, why are you, why do you always get so mad during the NHL playoffs? And I, I know Derek, he's a diehard Sharks guy. And there's like certain teams of people just mean a lot. And that's kind of what Tiger's like. And I don't have that in my life at all, despite doing this for a living, beside really him now. And I miss that. Crazy thing is, in his prime, you never had the frustration. Like, he was winning over 40% of the tournaments. Like, Jack won 12% of his tournaments, right? Tiger was so outrageously dominant um, that you never had the fr- you never had the lows, really, with him until he took himself out of competition, basically. Uh, to me, he just, that's he, just he, he kind of just transcended society. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not a sports star. He's just a star. Um, and part of the reason for that is specifically, I think, the salacious nature of his first scandal. Uh, that put him, I mean, he was already a big star, but those things were so mainstream that it became, you know, the butt of every joke. You think about all the people watching, all of us watching, all the people in the, the gallery, like all the people that at one point or another have been like, Tiger, <laughs> you know. Not just he's done, but just like, what, this is insane, you know? And everybody came back. Maybe not everybody, but I think almost everybody came back because it wasn't just about showering Tiger with praise. To me, one of the best things that I've ever seen a live sports telecast do happened yesterday when they cross-faded from the image of Tiger hugging his dad to the image of Tiger hugging his son. When they went... That because you can tell it's like the same spot. The hug is the same, and the difference is the person he's hugging just show, slow, slowly shrinks, goes from his father to a child. And even though Tiger looks bigger now, it still looks like like Tiger because his teeth, his smile, his face—he looks the same, right? He just his he's bigger, his body's different, but his face is the same. When they did that, what, what I thought was that's the kind of thing you see in like a thirty for thirty like a production that's taken a year to, and then someone's like, there's 19 people in a room and they're like, why don't we here? We'll do the music and then we'll fade from his dad to his kid. And I'm sure maybe they planned for that. Maybe, but you don't know he's going to hug his kid like that in the same spot. Like the fact that they did that, that's when I like, I teared up for sure because it was just one of them. I couldn't believe I cried more than tiger did John yesterday. Well, Tiger like, didn't really cry that. Tiger held his shit together pretty well. I thought for sure he was going to cry when Nance seemed like he was going to break down after. Well, because Nance tried to get Nance tried to get him to cry bad. Well, I think I, what I think happened there. I, I now Nance has such a good awareness. It wouldn't shock me if the producers were like, "Jim, we've got this video. Let's ask Tiger about the video." But then Tiger didn't cry. It was incredible. Yeah. Who's uh, the guy that used to make everyone cry? Roy Firestone. Yeah. I don't think he could have made Tiger cry yesterday. At least not like Tiger was just so it, it was that's whatever. What made whatever. It awesome. Do you agree? Whatever Tiger wins from here on out, and he's now like the favorite to win the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open, right tied with Dustin Johnson, who's sneaky, really good. <laughs> you know, I mean, goddamn, Dustin and Kepka are machines. Uh, also shows you just like, and I, I'm a golf guy. I mean, honestly, I might. Just the purity of the PGA Tour, just like an elite golf tournament, might like more than any other sport. And it's just I, that's just me personally. Uh, again, my my scale of liking stuff is a little. I mean, I, I watched eight NBA basketball games this weekend. Uh, well, I actually turned the Detroit one off yesterday about halftime. But you realize that like Rory, none of these guys. They'll. I mean, there's he ain't coming again. 
Like LeBron, there may be another LeBron, or you know, because we see it in the other sports. Like there'll be another Brady, like another great player eventually. Hell, it might be Mahomes. Like this Tiger's a, a one-off. You know, just it's just an all-time unique scenario. But like, let's say he wins the U.S. Open this year. Let's say he won the Grand Slam, won every fucking major guy. I, I don't even think like what we experienced yesterday, because the first. It was under because it, it was Augusta. I, I think that like if he if his career ended tomorrow and we never see him again, like it was all kind of worth it. Like just that. And I'm not, I, I want him to win more. I want him to pass Jack. But just moving forward, now he's kind of going to be expected to win. We'll all believe. Be like, yeah, you're you're betting against him in the U.S. Open. Good luck. Remember, it's kind of like he used to. Because clearly the other guys hit it just as far. Hell, Fidal's driving it farther. He's just smarter. He's got a little like he's kind of Brady-ish. Like, he just, he just knows more than you. Like, you are at a disadvantage playing him. Whether you're faster, whether you're stronger, it doesn't, whether it's fucking raining, it doesn't matter. He's got an advantage over you, as long as he's healthy now. Because he had an advantage over them all yesterday. The crowds are pulling for him. Even DJ's like, let's call it what it is. There's a different reaction when Dustin Johnson kind of went third person, but he was just trying to make a point. When, when Dustin Johnson does something and when Tiger does something, I could feel it out there. And Dustin... Kind of one of the more popular players just in golf the last couple of years. Just huge guys, just dominant. Been the number one player in the world. I mean, Kepka's won like three majors. Now, Kepka's not even anywhere near Dustin Johnson, but he's just in a different stratosphere. And I, I think that yesterday was just this culmination of everyone's kind of been wanting him to come back. And you can say it's America. We root for the, the highs and the lows. But I, I think it's different because, like, LeBron comes back and, like, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think there's, we've been with Tiger, it feels like, since he was 10. Five, we've been with seven. Brock, we've been, we've been how with old was Brock. he when he went on the, uh, what he, was he, it? He was two. Um, I, uh, I think the thing that's interesting moving forward is I do feel like he's getting a little stronger. Um, I don't he, mean could physically. He, could, could he surpass Michael just in sports importance if he goes on a run here for the next three or four years and wins, like, let's say, he ends up with, like, his career ends, he has 21 majors. And he has the second half yeah, comeback. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I think what makes him different than Michael is that he broke into a tr- just like a such a starch white sport, you know. and Yeah, so you think it's fair it to say down. he could end up bigger than Michael. Because I put Michael at the top of just important athlete of my lifetime. Yeah, I, my answer is I don't know. Yes, I, I guess. I mean, I don't. To me, they're just tier ones, and there's no higher tier than the tier they're on. Is kind of how I look at it. You know what I mean? Is it safe to say there's no one even in their category? Just yeah, LeBron. Two? LeBron's not in that category. To me, LeBron's LeBron's Shaq. I think LeBron's bigger than Shaq. I think LeBron's I'm just I'm just sure. saying I'd probably put him in the same tier. I might put LeBron. him kind of in his own because to me he's at the top. If it wasn't for like Tiger and Michael. But it shows you, like, they, I don't even think he can ever get into their world. Impressive, by the way, that Mike was like, like, think of these, Shaq is a weird name, Tiger's a weird name. Like, if his name was Gary, like, be like, oh, Gary, the greats, Tiger, Gary, Shaq. But Mike, well, I think it just Mike show, made I just it. I think it shows just you Mike, Mike was, so, was so good. Um, but here's the thing now. I, I think, and it goes back to the thing that you said on the last podcast, um, that Justin Thomas had said, like, yeah, Tiger is open with us today, but he's not quite as open as he was when he came back. 
Like when he came back, maybe Tiger didn't quite believe that he'd get to this point. And so he was really open sharing stuff with guys. And that he's gotten a little less of a sharer lately because he's starting to realize, like, wait a second, I'm competing against these guys. Like, truly, I am on their level again. Like, I can win. I don't want to help him too much. So I I do think he's kind of getting stronger. I mean, he did do something for the first time this weekend, which was win a tournament that he was not tied or leading going into Sunday. Um, And I think the difference, too, with him, when you really think about the guys he's competing against, Obviously, you got Phil, and there are a few guys like Poulter. Maybe is going to be in the mix or Rose. six of the top guys. Six of the top eight in this tournament were major winners, so he was going up against guys that had won majors. Right, but I'm not talking about age. And I think at 43. Oh, you're just saying the age of a lot of these guys are like 34 and under. Yeah, and so what that is like, I know Tiger missed a big chunk of time, so. I don't think it's less, less tread on less tread on the tires. Well, no, where I'm going, John, is I think his experience level, like he's just played a lot of these courses in the like he has been in contention on Sunday on the back nine at the Masters so many times. But in his but to me, even before that, he was bred for that moment. Like that's what Earl and him practiced the whole time. Right. Right. Earl so so like, that's I'm, what he, he practiced. It, but he now he, he I'm just here's my point. I don't think he's intimidating guy. Like I don't think he intimidated guy like Francesco yesterday. I don't think it was about that necessarily. Though the crowds are like, how can you ignore crowds? I just think he knows how to play the biggest moments in these spots better than most of these guys. And I just think, like when you say Pebble, why don't I think he's going to win the Masters next year if he's healthy? Like I just think he's one of these. Like the more he wins it, the stronger he gets. The more he wins, I do think there is this element, the stronger he's going to get here for a couple-year period, the more he believes in himself. Because that is If I ask you right now, does he win another major this year? Yes, I think he does. (laughs) See? It shows you the power of him. We were like, I don't know if I can pick him to win the Masters. Now it's like, could he win three of the four? But again, I just watched him, and I watched all these guys fade, and I heard Hank Haney made the point, like, it's not just... Like, usually in all these tournaments, somebody fades. Like, there usually is six guys in the mix on Sunday, and then one guy emerges. And sometimes Tiger wasn't in the mix, and it wasn't because of Tiger that those other guys faded. Tiger's just going to be mentally stronger. I, I'm with you there. But I also just think he just know he has played the biggest courses and the biggest moments so many times. He has that advantage. I read a quote yesterday from and Joey. Won, Le- and he's won. He's gone through it and won those tournaments that he's been in. I, I read a quote from Joey Lacava. He thought, and he's like having just watched him from that as an outsider twenty years ago and seeing what he's like now. Just the maturity of a human. Like if you notice this weekend, he doesn't go into like MF and Tiger. You know how he used to do that, slamming clubs, screaming fuck. They used to drive the old school golf guy nuts back when he was in this peak. He'll, he hides that now. He signs autographs. I mean, these are basic things, but he was basically like Barry Bonds back in the day. Royal dick to everyone. The player, he didn't have any friends on tour except Mark O'Mara, who was like 15 years older than him. It's kind of weird. Now, like him and Justin, or him and Ricky, like these guys like him. Like they probably text with him. Bernhard Langer waiting for him at the end of that line yesterday. Well, Ian O'Connor he wrote a really good article on ESPN and he must have got with Bernhard, and he's like, you know, I'm up there with like four other guys in our green jackets because I think they wait for you after. And he's like, we need to go down. So he, he's like, usually we just wait. 
you know, till after Butler Cabin or whatever to go out there. But we're up there having drinks, watching it. That's why the line of like four guys with green jackets were down there. Cause like we need to go down there. Like they were kind of separate from that just little group of like Bubba's and even though Bubba's right. a former winner, but those guys were just kind of hanging. I was like, Phil, did you really need to run to the jet? You couldn't have waited to. And I get it. They got a little, per- you know, I don't think Phil has any problem with them, but they're like, Hey Phil, if it wasn't for Tiger, you wouldn't have just got $9 million on Thanksgiving. Like Tiger, I, I think would have deserved a thank you from you, but I'm not going to not take a shot at Phil, but yeah, it was just, it was absolutely remarkable, and it's just the power of Tiger. I just we're never going to see anything quite like that again. Just the he, I mean, he willed it, and then he, but he also was playing really well. But he also benefited from them kind of crumbling, and part of them crumbling was him. He outthought him. To me, it's very like to me when you describe Jordan, and still to this day, and there's a generation of kids now that have never watched him. And I think Kobe kind of had this, but to me, Jordan was a little different because it it wasn't as selfish. It was like, we're going to win. Kobe was like, we're going to win, but on my time, kind of. Where Michael was like, we're just, we're fucking winning. Yeah, we need to stack these up. Yeah, we're we're just going to win. But even like in a a game, like it's not about like, if I got to pass to Steve to make, like I'll do whatever I got to do. We're going to win. Tiger, the will to win. And I think Tom really has that now. Like there was a great photo of Tom. Like on Thursday or Friday, it was clearly the first time he'd thrown since the Super Bowl, grabbed his helmet, and he made a joke on Instagram, sneaky flex, it still had the confetti from the Super Bowl in there. Mm -hmm. But just like, Tom Brady is 42 years old, I mean, literally can't accomplish anything more. Like, Tiger, what does he have to, there's no money, like, it's just about winning in the grind. And that's always what Michael felt like. And that's why I think people are kind of hard on LeBron, like this true purist, because like, LeBron likes the other, like, in two, three years when LeBron's even way more richer than he is now, is he truly going to give a shit? Now, I wouldn't say he won't, but to me, the drive of, like, of Tiger and Michael and even Tom are a little different than LeBron because the main thing always stays the main thing. LeBron says that, but it's not always true. With those guys, like, Tiger has always just wanted to win. That's, he, wa- he didn't want the, I mean, the money and all that stuff, he, he likes it. I'm not saying he doesn't. But the number one goal has and will always be for him winning. Now right. there's, you know, family stuff. He's just matured as a guy. But I think, and it's just different, like his this relationship he has with his caddy now. Like him and Stevie always felt like it was a true, true business relationship. Like they were there to win. Stevie would do, like you fuck with Tiger, he had Tiger's back and would light you up. They were just two dicks operating well together. It never felt like they were that tight. Like him and LaCava feel like he likes them. They're, they're, part of that story of Ian O'Connor's was after hole six, Tiger fell three behind. LaCava lit him up. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And Tiger kind of shook his head and like went into the bathroom, cussed himself out. LaCava was telling Ian O'Connor this, and he came out kind of refocused. But back in the day, he might have been swearing around the fan. Like he's just matured. And that's what LaCava, like he's just a, he's a matured man. He matured later in life than many, right? I mean, it happened to him like in his late thirties, early forties. But it's yeah, cool I mean, his life, yeah, his life is pretty different. Um, I think there can't be too many people happier than the security guard that almost broke Tiger's ankle. That was the moment to me. I did not see it live. I wish I had. I didn't either. Okay, that was incredible. That guy running in to try and make a block, 
sliding down and Tiger do it like classic golfer. I shouldn't say classic golfer. It was like a basketball player, right? You just never have that level of contact. And so you just Tiger like hopped like 17 times because you don't know the difference. You never get hit. You don't know the difference between a little tweak and, a, and an ACL pop. I, although Turns actually out, he does know I, the I, difference. I, I, yeah, Tiger, does, Tiger played it up a little. And I think he scared everyone. Like, oh my God, Tiger, Tiger just tearing well, Achilles you or just something? Imagine that Tiger still didn't get hurt, but went down, like had been knocked down and laid, you know, just kind of like, ah, oh, grabbed his ankle. That would have looked a million times worse than it did. Even if he had popped up and been fine. Was that security guard removed from the premises right there? I hope so. It way, like, I know you got a job to do, but dude, like, you're not in control of your body. And I know you slipped, but you well, got it, it was up. It was wet. I know. Wear cleats. He, guy, he had, he had grass stains, if you go back and watch the replay, on him. He had already slipped other places. Like, mm. hey, buddy, they, they're not signing you to a five-year master security Top guard contract security here. Craig. Yeah, let's just the, – the fans – we all know the drill here. This isn't fucking the waste management open here. Let's just – let's pump the brakes there, uh, Skippy, because you're right. I mean that – let's say – let's go worst-case scenario. Security guard takes out Tiger, breaks his ankle. Like Tiger's laying there on the ground. Yeah. Is that a crazier story than what we just witnessed yesterday? Yeah, well – yeah, I mean, the only thing that would have made it crazier is if it had been a severe ankle injury. What day was that? Was that Saturday or Friday? It was. It was Saturday. Saturday. If Tiger had somehow continued, like if he had been, if it had been like a severe sprain, just something, you know, and Tiger had, if Tiger had won it in a boot. But outside of that, yeah, if Tiger had been knocked out of the tournament, and like he, you know, then he would have been knocked out of Pebble. Like he wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, it would have ruined the season. You could argue. Well, that but that would have been worse. He kind of lifted it off did. and kind of looked like it had a torn Achilles, but he never looked at the guy and screamed at him. He his focus just kind of shook it off. You know, like a pickup basketball ankle sprain. Shook it off, shook it off, and just kept on moving. That that's where if you look back, you're like, God damn, this guy was this guy was pretty locked in. Because old Tiger feels like Stevie may grab a wedge. Might hit the guy, and if he hit the guy, would anyone have really complained? Like, literally just ankled him. You know, just blasted him in the kneecap with, like, a wedge. And I, Stevie ain't getting in any trouble. Stevie would have done something. I, I just think him and LaCava were, were, had one goal in mind, and that was to fucking win this thing. And they had some highs, they had some lows, but their focus. I mean, it, that's what's sweet. Like, the one thing Tiger has... That, to me, that Michael has, that Brady has, and I, I'm not gonna say this guy doesn't have it because he's shown it to me a time. Like LeBron does have flashes of it, I, yeah. and I think that's why he's held, why he's so highly criticized. Because we're like, God, LeBron, if you could just lock in the whole time, this thing would be a wrap. Like last year in Game One of the Finals, it's like arguably the best game we've ever seen. It's like 50, 20, and 15. He's like single-handedly beating this Warriors. Like what the who the fuck has this thing in the bag? And Tiger has things in the bag like LeBron, like Michael, but when he gets this laser focus, it was awesome. I mean, it was just, it, it was sweet because he didn't really have his A game, but he had moments of it. He just kind of willed his way to victory against. It wasn't like you know he beat this amateur was balling and Cantley. It was like Dustin Kepka. He's playing with Molinari, who just took him down in the British Open. And feels like Molinari's having the best year and a half of any guy in the world. I don't yeah. know what he's ranked, but it feels like if you're just like if you had to put a million dollars 
on just one guy to just win you a day. Like, well, I don't, you probably couldn't go wrong right now with Molinari. Finau, you know, is probably not as, I mean, he's not as accomplished as those guys, but if, you, if you've just been watching golf like this last year, he's kind of all over the map. Like, you're just like, God, who is this guy? His cousin's Jabari Parker. He's like friends with all the Samoans, like the Helotes. They're all kind of intertwined. You read his backstory, like he went to Vegas at 17. Some dude sponsored him in like this million dollar tournament. He's just this prodigy. Was a legit was, basketball player. Yeah, was gonna go play like Pepperdine, but he's like just take the money, went pro at seventeen. Kind of looks a little like Tiger, like just looks different than every guy on tour. Hitting it past Tiger, but then even you could feel him like the weight of Tiger just kind of crushed him. But he didn't totally. It's not like they shot seventy eight. He what he still finished like tied for fifth. To me, what benefited Tiger a lot yesterday is because of the weather, they had to go the threesomes. So we got an extra guy in his group to kind of take out. Right, right. He got two guys to kind of wipe out. And then Dustin and DJ just missed a couple putts down the stretch. Well, and I think even more fundamentally, he got to see what they were doing. Like, instead of playing in the group ahead of Molinari, there was, what hole was that? Molinari went in the water. He got to hit before Tiger did. Tiger saw it. Right. On 12. Yeah. yeah, on 12. Tiger saw it. So I just think, like, in a basic strategy, this is the thing where you don't – everyone else always knows what you're doing. Like, that would have been a challenge for Molinari well, to hear well, the roars coming from ahead of him. And Sobel, maybe that would have affected how he played. One of the golf guys on Twitter said, if this hadn't have been this weather delay, Tiger would not have been in the last group. That's what I'm saying. He would have been ahead of Molinari. He, 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 exactly. He would have been in the second to last group. So, so he wouldn't have seen Molinari go in the water on 12. Is it fair to say that Molinari probably wins it if he's not playing with Tiger? Because it feels like he was just the you hottest know, goal in the world. It's tough. I, I don't know. But I do think Tiger could play off Molinari, the guy he yeah. really need to beat. For sure. So if Tiger can't really – you're kind of guessing what he's doing behind you. It's, yeah. it's different. Yeah, I, yeah. I think him seeing him – I'm just saying – I'm not saying I, he I doesn't win it, but I, I, I think there's a – at least, like, it turns out there was, like, a 90% chance Tiger was going to win it if he got to play with Molinari. To me, it goes, like, 50-50 if Molinari, who guy, he'd been playing the best golf in the world for, like, six months. I know. I thought he was – he looked good yesterday morning. He looked good on Sunday. That's the crazy – that's the other part, right? I know. And I keep saying – I said this on Twitter. He did not lose the tournament on 12, though it kind of fell apart for him. He lost on 15 because he was tied with Tiger – now, I get he had a three-shot lead. I think going into 12, he only had a two-shot lead. He hit us in the water, but he wasn't alone. Fino hit in the water, Kepka hit in the water, and Dustin hit in the water. So four of the top six guys hit it in the fucking water. Yeah. And T- Tiger benefited clearly from watching Molinari well, and just know, going, I'm going middle green here. You know what I didn't know? I didn't know that Sir Nick Faldo, of his three masters, the two of them were like, one was Norman, and the was the other one Vandeveld? The Vanderveld one was British. I don't think it was. There was, I guess, someone was telling me. I didn't. I think I it was. Was it Larry Mize? Maybe. Yeah, it, it was, was someone. It, in, basically, yeah. it, I don't know my golf history well enough, but that like one was definitely Norman, and that the I, other one was a major collapse by somebody I, as well. Yeah, the, the Norman one was clearly just the most famous one because Norman had a five shot lead or whatever going into Sunday. He never won a major. But yeah, the the other two, it wasn't like he just beat Joe Schmo. I guess one of them was like a straight up win, but two of them. Oh, you're right. Vanneveld was Carnoustie, so that was the open. Did Faldo win that one? Uh, that I don't know. I what I was talking about was specifically Masters. 
Yeah, Vanderbilt was never in the master, at least in my lifetime. But it was no, the, no, no. I'm saying the three masters that Faldo won. So I don't, yeah. I don't think the, what one was the normal one, like '96. The Norman one was an all-time collapse. <laughs> that was, I would say the Norman one was way worse than Molinari in the collapse. In the yeah, sense, yeah, I that, don't even put them in the same breath. Yeah, because the Molinari, thing, because part of it with Norman, right? Part of it is like if you haven't won majors, those hurt. Like losing the major, people are like he just he doesn't have it in him. Like once you've won one, it's like all right, he's got it in him. Well, it's like Phil went from when we were high school, early college, like this guy's a mental midget. Now he's got three masters. He doesn't just have a master. He's got multiple. How great was that video Sunday morning? Was that su- or Saturday morning, I guess? Of Phil? It was pretty sweet. And he actually, at one point in time yesterday, Faldo was like, he had a chance to be eight under after six today. And then he had a bunch of easy holes and he just couldn't get his putter going. But he wasn't terrible. Like, I think he finished at six under. Like Phil had a solid week. You know, it's really just give or take. Are you going to make a couple 10 or 11 footers? Tiger hit a couple bombs on Saturday. And yesterday he just, I mean, he almost hit a hole in one on hole 16. That was my, incredible. I, my heart dropped. I, cause I, at one point in time when it's rolling, you're like, this is going in. That would have been, would that of not wiped out, but taken out the Nike chip, a hole in one on that hole to win. Basically, he would have locked up the Masters right there. That would have been nuts. I don't think you can take out the chip, but it would have been nuts. The chip is still just, to me, the ball sitting right there on the hole, you know, the whole thing. I I, um, I think, the you know, one other thing is, what if he had to make the first putt to win it instead of knowing that he could two-putt it on 18? Well, I, I he told Rinaldi after he would have hit a different club. He, he would not have played the hole the same way. He hit a three-wood off the tee to kind of not lay up, but just be super safe. Right. He, he would have attacked. And then his second shot, he said he hit shitty, but he would attack because he said the last time he won against Chris DeMarco, he had a two-shot lead and he finished bogey-bogey. So he's just like, I I knew I had a two-shot lead. I knew I just I played the hole for bogey. Yeah, so the the his two wins have been really similar, right? Atlanta was the same deal. Like I think that one, he was in the sand. Remember, but that was a par. Did five. he have a two shot lead going into eighteen on yeah, that one? At, yeah, it was too. And he had and he like ends up in this. He had a that was a like a par five. Eighteen was a par five, and he was in pretty good shape. Um, but remember, Justin Rose ended up making a putt to win. Well, I guess he didn't win the FedEx Cup. He won something. You I can... do think if he had a one-shot right, what was it lead... that Justin Rose won? You don't get the FedEx Cup. You had to win the Tour. He might have won the week before. Maybe he won the FedEx Cup. Oh, that's what it was. And yeah. Tiger he just won had the more... Tour he Championship. Just, yeah. He just had the most points. So if Tiger won it... So, But anyway, the reason that. I ask about that putt is just like we haven't... That's what I'm waiting for, right, is the shot where Tiger has to make a shot. And maybe it won't happen. Maybe it'll just be always... But, it, but a couple did really with... On this, to me, on 15 and 16 yesterday. For sure, but you don't know But that. yeah, not on 18, yeah. It you wasn't, know. like, you know the famous, I, and he basically said his kids viewed him as a YouTube highlight because the one against Rocco in 08 when he goes like this and he hits the, the putt fist, uh, like right. a, a 15-footer to force 18 holes the next day. Yeah, you're right. I, I wouldn't feel as confident in him doing that now. He's not quite as invincible doing that shit now. Just because he's not quite as good. But he's still, to me, where he's invincible. 
The crowd is even more powerful now. I think the crowd's even more on the side than it'll ever be. And I don't know if there's an intimidation factor, but there is a little, God, is this motherfucker back? <laughs> you know, it's not like, I don't think DJ looks at him just like Kevin Durant doesn't look at LeBron anymore. Like I'm not better than this guy. Cause I think if you ask DJ or Capco, like I can play with this guy. But when you're on 15 at a major and Tiger's next to you, with you or behind you, you do feel the immensity of it. And you know, like that's Tiger Woods at the end of the day, LeBron definitely doesn't have that. I do think Michael had that with a lot of the players, right? His contemporary, same age, and then all the guys younger than him. Like, to me, definitely, like, the Justins, the Jordans, the Rickies have that. DJ and Kepka might just be kind of dumb enough and meat-heady enough mm-hmm. that it doesn't phase them as much, but they know. I mean, the crowd's not on their side. I find it funny, too, that a lot of these guys, like, his two guys that he played with yesterday, they're Nike guys, Right? Molinari and Finau. That's the only when you're a Nike guy, it's the only thing on you, right? Just the swoosh. That's it. And yet it's just he means more to Nike than all every Nike guy there combined. Right? If Nike had to pick one. Will you drop every guy and keep Tiger or drop Tiger and keep every guy? They would they even how long would it take Phil Knight to respond on the email? Five seconds? Yeah, whoever so, asked would get fired. You asked me yeah. that question? Yeah, tell tell Oakley uh, Rory's available again. So, yeah, it'd be over. Yeah, I. Uh, he's I, the other part. I really, first of all, I saw his Charlie, his son. Like he was having so much fun. Like when they were walking after the hugs, they're walking through the tunnel of people, and everyone's reaching out. And Tiger has stopped high fiving people, but he is smiling. And Charlie is just like bouncing along behind him, just like having the best time. And I just remember thinking, like, God, I, I'd forgotten how many days in a row I just wore basketball shorts and a Nike t-shirt. Like that was my uniform for like 10 years. And just a Nike pair of shoes. Yeah. Just like ankles, just some socks. Maybe they don't match, but the Nike t-shirt was, I remember you got a Nike t-shirt as a kid. It was like, Oh, I, yes. And just the basketball shorts. You just went everywhere in that. Just everywhere. Uh, Well, the cool, cool aspect too, for tiger, it's different when you have a boy than when the girl, like for his girl, for his daughter, I mean, it was, I, I can't even imagine how cool it was, but, I mean, the boy, it's just different. She's it's a little older, different. too, so it might be a little more complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, is she fully happy with Tiger? Like, where's mom? Right? Yeah, there's just, it's just other elements involved. I've seen it with, you know, I know somebody who's got two kids, and the older one is just, they're a little more aware of all of some of the family stuff that has happened, and it's... I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to get into that with her. But the point is just, you're right. It's it's your boy. The fact that it was his little boy and it was him and his dad. And I thought his quote afterwards was so great, right? Like the first time it happened, I was hugging my father. I was the kid. And now I'm the father and I'm hugging my kid. Like that's like we hear you see that a lot when a dad like, you know, Ken Griffey Sr. hugs Ken Griffey Jr. Maybe or something like that. You see MLB had a tweeted out a picture yesterday. No. It was Tiger taking BP with Seattle Mariners in like '97 with a backwards hat. Oh, really? With, right, right next to that's Griffey. Cool. But I—that's I, what's beautiful about golf, right? Is like him in another sport wouldn't get to have that moment. Like he'd be no. too old. He wouldn't come back. He'd be too slow. Whatever. I don't know. It's not. It's not possible in any other sport. It's just it's over. Like Peyton Manning in like three years isn't going to come back and lead a team, right? It's over. <laughs> That'd be the equivalent, right? Yeah, he might try. Came back once, he could, but but that's like, not what he's. Yeah, he'd have to win it thirteen years later. 
Yeah, that's why Brady's holding on for dear life. I mean, he's not holding on. He's just playing well. But, yes, yeah, underrated aspect, too, is when they hug, they hug, they hug everyone, and then yeah. Tiger walks up kind of by himself with mm-hmm. Charlie right next to him, but then Charlie falls behind. Because you can yeah. tell Tiger's just way taller and walking right, faster. Right. And he kind of realizes that Charlie's behind him, and he puts out his hand for a backwards high five. And Charlie runs up and high fives him. Just to, I mean, that moment alone to me, to Tiger, like he does not have to do it. I don't. I want him to keep kicking ass, but that was all worth it. Like the, my entire Tiger Woods sports watching experience, like that's why I watch. That's why this is the only thing I can do. Like I, I love that moment more yesterday than everyone that loves Game of Thrones combined. That was sweet. Yeah, amen I mean, to that. There's. But you're you're talking to Game of Thrones that I'm talking I, to two people who've watched. I don't know how many episodes you've watched. I've watched zero, so however many I've you watched, watched a good is amount. Of, I've watched a good amount of the episodes, but I don't watch for the what everyone else watches for. I just watch for the nudity and the violence. And I'm not. I'm on my phone at the same time. I I, I was tired last night at nine thirty. I went to bed and it was on. I just I don't care. So it was on TV at nine thirty last night. It was on at nine o'clock. So I guess I didn't know this. I knew that one time before I had streamed an HBO show early, but like HBO East doesn't do it for me. It's not in HD, but if you have the HBO go app, then yeah, you get it at six the East coast times. Well, I, I get the same thing with showtime. Like I watched bill and billions yesterday at seven o'clock. Did they, yeah. somebody told me that they posted their, their show online early so that people could watch it before game of Thrones. Maybe that's why. Cause I started watching at six 30. But I, so I, I usually watch shows like that on my iPad and not on my television, which is fine for me. Just watch one show on the iPad and then basically go to bed on a Sunday night. Have both game have games on TV. Yeah, and even I mean the games were shitty last night. I just turned it off. All right, John. We can probably talk about Tiger all day. Good news is he's uh, he's back in our lives. So, do you think, by the way, in the last. 15 years, well, I guess 10 years. Do you think there's been a, to- a sports talk topic that's been discussed more than will Tiger ever win another major? Probably like lately it wasn't as much of a topic. But there was a period of time where that was the biggest sports talk topic. Like, does LeBron have what it takes? Sports talk radio shows. You know what's funny is that uh, is that Rosillo and Simmons – had a podcast so i was listening this morning at the gym they they talked about this too really? they thought lebron was just so unique because he his majority of his career was during that expansion of that type deal uh-huh tiger a little late to the game though his controversies happened once they really kind of hit stride in nine the, some of the baseball guys were a little early but sports talk was really kind of blowing up in the mid to early 2000s so you like, mean like should, a steroid conversation yeah dude right. not that guy getting the hall of fame and uh, I think Tiger has a chance to kind of come flying back. But to me, LeBron is going to just be so heavily discussed these next several years. Yeah, the Tiger with the Lakers, it's going to be hard for because because LeBron now could get ugly for like that team just might not be good next year, right? No. There was an article on the Athletic about. Lonzo almost got this surgery in Philly. I, I by, know. By the age of that, did you read that article? It was like, gee, this is insane. Like, Magic told him they'd void his contract. Basically, Ma- Magic and Polinka, the one positive thing they did was just kind of stop that. Then they fl- they got a jet for him. They flew him back. Then those two went with him to the uh, to the doctor. But think how crazy that would have been. 
Wild. I could when I was reading that, I was like, I could see where Magic's like, this is insane. Like, yeah, I gotta baby these fucking players. Like, no, Lonzo, you can't just get a you can't just get a surgery on your own. That's not the way it works. <laughs> so in again, I, I read that thing in Magic kinda lazy. You know, didn't really want to work. But I also think the work that has to be done is not like NFL GM work. It's a lot of just like holding the hand of four guys. That's what being an NBA GM is. Constant hand-holding with players. It's To me, the GM job for the NBA and the NFL couldn't be any more different. Yeah. And Major League Baseball is just in its own little unique world. You're basically like a stock trader. But those two GMs... Baseball, I mean, football is closer to that, right? Much closer to that. But there is a human element. I feel like you have a lot more human elements like with your coaching staff. You kind of got to be on the same page where in baseball you don't. It's like just play this This guy's in the lineup. Where basketball is a lot more just closer to like AAU basketball, I think, than a lot of people think. You've kind of experienced it. You're like, God, these, it's kind of weird, just kind of nuts, just the amount of guy that every player has with them. And that's the Warriors that are pretty low-key, you know? Like if you went to – just a Laker game, like how many people do you think Brandon Ingram and Lonzo have with them combined? Now the balls are unique because they got the brothers, but I would, if you told me that Brandon Ingram has seven guys to come with him, <laughs> would you believe it? Yeah, I'd, I, there's, I'd believe anything when it comes to that stuff. That's what makes Kevin, or I mean Clay and Steph, pretty unique. Like, oh, who's with, uh, who's with Steph? I don't know, Dell. His wife. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty normal operation. Uh, all right. Uh, which actually, that would feed us right to Russell Wilson. But we'll go to Kyler first, just in case as we record this on a Monday, something happens with Russ between now and the end of the podcast. Daniel Jeremiah tweeted, I saw that this morning, that uh, if you had asked him a while ago uh, his percentage chance on um, Kyler Murray being the number one pick, he would have said 90%. And now he says 60%. So a dramatic shift. And also, you were telling me that Peter King wrote something about just how the how it's everybody being so sure about Kyler going to the Cardinals has changed a little bit as well, or quite a bit. Are you confident that he's going to be on the Cardinals? No, I mean, and, and we've asked ourselves this question, and it's been adamantly yes. Now, to me, the only thing that's changed is that now DJ has said, "I don't think it's gonna," and, and we kind of think more and more that the Raiders really like him, and really the Cardinals have been really quiet about this there's been no indication and josh rosen's still on their team right so they're open to josh rosen still being on their team so i i guess we i mean I, it'd be dumb for us or at least i think it'd be dumb for me not to scale it back a little bit on what i believe just based on what's being reported to me can you get the raiders fourth 24th and a next year's one for Kyler Murray. Because if you can and you think Rosen can be a good starter, I think you have to entertain doing that. I, if you ask me right now, if the Cardinals pick up the phone and said to John Gruden that deal, would John Gruden take it? I think John Gruden would do the deal. Say, say that again? If I said what you just said, right? 424 and what did you say? A second? No, ne- a next year, one next of your ones second. next year. If you call the Raiders, let's just say, if let's you, say next John Middlecoff, pick up the phone and say, hey, Gruden, it's Middlecoff. Steve Kime just called. He wants to do the deal. Here's what it's going to take. Do you think Gruden would say yes right away to that that deal? I think I he think, would. I think he might do. Now, would he give his like maybe you only maybe we'll only give you next year's Bears pick? Like we're not risking our pick just in case Kyler's kind of struggles and we're drafting in the top ten. I'd still probably do that if I'm them. 
if I'm the Cardinals. Again, if I like Rosen. I've also heard some rumblings, guy, that that the Cardinals front office might not be just made men, which is kind of weird because they just hired Cliff. It doesn't really feel like the Cardinals got their shit together. It also feels like they did the sexy thing and hired Cliff because that felt like the best thing they could get. They didn't want to go a retread or some older guy in the league. Like they wanted to follow this new trend. And then Cliff was like, I'm, I'm adamant that I need Kyler, but I think they're also looking like, well, why do you have all this juice? Now you could counter going, well, why do you hire him if you're not going to let him pick your quarterback? And they might say, well, where else was he going to get? His best other offer was being the coordinator at SC. We offered him to be the head coach. He doesn't get to pick our players. So it it does make some sense. If you're Steve Kime, you go, I've been a GM of a team that was in the championship game. You never won at Texas Tech. Like you're going to dictate the personnel in my building. I hired you to be the coach. Josh Rosen was a top 10 pick. And he's not just some random top 10 pick. He was a quarterback viewed as really good. Can't you figure it out? Now, if Cliff goes, I need an athletic quarterback. That's part of my deal, though his history would. I saw someone tweet yesterday, Jared Stidham was originally supposed to go to Texas Tech, and then Mahomes became the starter, so he backed out, and he went to Baylor, and then the shit happened to Art Bryle, so he transferred to transferred Auburn. to Auburn. So people were like, you know, because Jared Stidham is pretty talented, though he's not a great player. But people are like, well, what if he just would have got to be with Cliff the whole time? Would he be a lot better? So I, like, can't Cliff coach anyone? That's part of the deal. Well, I do right? think just fundamentally that offense doesn't need air raid. Does not is not predicated on athletic quarterback. In theory. Well, I just mean like I just watched like Luke yeah, because Leach is, yeah yeah. Le- <laughs> But it does feel like Leach has had a little bit different of a players than Kingsbury. Like, Kingsbury's getting yeah. a little bit more of a blue chipper. True. Closer to a blue chipper, where, I mean, Leach just almost won the conference with, with Gardner Menchu, who was... I think Leach has had zero or, like, one, maybe it's one game started by a scholarship court, like a guy that was a scholarship guy out of high school. So it was, is Menchu, was Menchu on scholarship last year? Yeah, I mean, he, had, he was a grad transfer. He had to Yeah, been. so they gave him a scholarship. And he was a scholarship player at where was he playing? A, but, but it was not a scholarship uh, East Carolina. But it was not a scholarship that they gave him out of high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, to me, he's ending up on two teams, guy. He's either going to be on the Cardinals or he's going to be in the Raiders. It, it's hard for me to foresee him on another team because if you're the Cardinals, you're not like going to trade back with the Redskins as a 15. Like that's that's too. You get the number one pick. Like that's a big deal. Now, maybe would you do it if they gave you, like, four ones? But they've done that before, and it backfired with RG3. I mean, the Redskins are capable of anything. But just look, like, the Giants have a have a standard of height. They're not messing with a midget. Who else has taken them? So, the, like, the Jets, they have Sam Darnold. That's You and I have been talking. A lot of these teams have taken quarterbacks these last, like, five years. From Trubisky's to Josh Allen's to Lamar's. So all these teams drafting in the top 15 either have young quarterbacks or established quarterbacks. That's what's weird about this draft is there are a couple teams that are drafting in the top 15, like the Falcons, the Packers. Last time I checked, those two teams combined to give their quarterback like $200 million in the last year. So they, they ain't doing that. It's just the Cardinals are kind of in a weird position. That The only team that they really could do a quote-unquote you know, leverage play, get a haul, feels like the Raiders guy. Who also makes some sense, who kind of like, you only fall a couple spots back, you still get a blue chip player, 
You they got another first rounder, so you get a, another really good player. You could probably get next year's first rounder, get a good player. Would you rather do if you were the Cardinals a next year's one or get four twenty four and thirty five? Well, let's say he offered you all three first rounders for one. I'd I'd rather have these three first rounders than next year's one. What about this? What if I'll give you four twenty seven and Derek? You trade Josh for a second rounder, get another second rounder, and you have Derek, and then I get Kyler. Yeah, I was. Th- I it's funny. I was maybe if, if you think Derek's Derek feel better, a little more Kyler, or I mean uh, a little more Cliff. Yeah, I mean if you think Derek's better, then you could absolutely do that deal where you trade Kyler, but it's not to keep Josh. Like if you 100%. think Derek, if you think Derek is better than Josh. But you're not quite. But, but it's not like, just oh. Josh, right? It's got to be. He's got to be better than a quarter than any of the other quarterbacks you could draft in the first round. If you let's say you got the Raiders' first round picks, right? He is. Yeah. Yeah, and you think I, I'd rather have him than Drew Locke or whatever Daniel Jones? Um, so I get Derek. I get four. I get twenty four, and I get thirty five, and then I trade Josh to get a second round pick. You just said three ones or two ones and Derek. Two two ones and Derek would be a lot. Yeah, I. If you like Derek more than Josh. So what if I get 424 Derek, trade Josh for a second, so then I got two seconds, and I got Derek. That's You'd be in pretty good shape. Who's under contract? That'd be pretty incredible, because now we'd get to watch three. We'd get to watch Kyler, Derek, and Josh, comparing them all to each other, wondering who did the right thing. That's very NBA-ish. It is. But What would you say the likelihood of that is? Like 2%? Well, I would say it's low, but I don't just think about it. If the Raiders have Kyler, then they're not going to have. Then they need to trade Derek. Okay. If, how about this? How about this one? We said all week. Can you envision Tiger winning the Masters? And we both, like most people, wanted it to happen, but came on. You know, no. Yeah. Can you envision Cliff Kingsbury week one signaling into Josh Rosen? Because I cannot. I have to say yes, based on what we're talking about right now, though. I just, I for some reason don't envision him and Josh. Do do you do you picture him signaling into Kyler Murray week one? Because here's what's going to happen yes. that I have a hard time envisioning. I have a hard time seeing it in my mind's eye, but I I think we're moving towards this happening. Is Kyler Murray just being a week one starter in the NFL? Like you that's don't a think pretty. Kyler, Kyler Murray is going to be a week one starter in the NFL. That's what I just said. My mind's eye, I know, like in my real head, I know it's going to happen. But in my mind's eye, I'm like, wait a second. Kyler Murray is starting week one in the NFL. Kyler Murray is coming out for the Cardinals or the Raiders or whoever calling a play. Like, this is insane. Well, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, he, he <laughs> went I'm from saying, zero. That's what I agree with you. Like it's odds are it's happening. I just have a hard time really picturing it. Like to me, he's one of the all time zero to 60 players I ever remember because you can say, yeah, no one envisioned Baker going number one overall, but we have been watching Baker at Oklahoma for three years. Like he had been in our life. For three seasons, he took Bob Stoops to the playoffs and he took Lincoln Riley to the playoffs. Like two different head coaches, he was the starting quarterback for a playoff team. Kyler was his backup, and then boom, he's the number one overall pick as a midget. Then he wins a high. I mean, it's it's pretty nuts, guy. What Even did, Lamar, uh... like Lamar, won the Heisman, but then he went back to school. You know, we had Lamar Jackson been in our lives a lot longer. Now again, he went thirty-two. To me, the Kyler thing just went. It was zero to sixty. And I think Billy realized this. Felt like by October first, was like Jesus. 
this fucking guy is unreal. Now that I think first overall, no, but it was clear like, guy, this guy is, we, we were talking about it all fall. It's clear this guy's pretty good at football. You know, this is, he's too good at football. You, we knew after the first month that he's better at football than anyone could have envisioned. Because we said, when do you think it'll be by the time Billy starts realizing, ah, this is too good? We thought, you know, take the whole season, but they had to be realizing inside, like, this is not going good. And it was, it's, you can argue, you know, you always got to see every possibility. And that's what, you know, probably any good, you know, CEO or coach will tell you, like, you got to, every scenario, you got to play it out. It's easy to say it. It's another thing, like, the best, best, best case scenario, you know, like the best case scenario. Be like, guy, what if I told you you're calling the NFC championship game this year? Like, seriously, you're calling, so you're doing NFL and you're doing the NFC championship game this year. That'd be fucking nuts. Right. That'd be, That'd be nutty. That'd be nuttier because this guy was just, he was a first overall pick. I mean, a first-round pick in another sport. He was the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. But still, I think most people would have thought at the beginning of the season, now NFL people would be like, well, we've never seen him play. And that's fair, right? They've never seen him play. So I couldn't even give you a, an opinion. Now, no. my opinion just naturally, how tall is he? 5'9 runner? Yeah, probably not. Sounds like a runner. broadcaster. Uh, good broadcaster height. Did you say... I can't. I mean, you already told it to me. Did you say the Peter King, Michael Lombardi thing here, yet? About how they're just hearing that Gruden loves them. Yeah. Did you say yeah. that on on the podcast? Um, I don't think I did. No. Oh. But I say that part. I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. Peter's written it before. It's kind of been out there before. And this is a somewhat of a problem for the Raiders. And and I and maybe Gruden doesn't doesn't give a fuck. Like he's just gonna say what he's gonna say to people. Like he's not. And I don't blame Gruden. Once you get to this point, you're like, I, I don't have the effort to play games. I'd be like, well, either then just be saying, like, Belichick doesn't play games, but he just says nothing. How he plays the games, but he knows how to play the game. Like, Gruden's just, yeah, I love, I think Kyler's the best player in the draft. He's clearly telling people that, and I, I think he'd be better than Derek. I, I don't know if that behooves you to tell people, because that might cost you, if you do get the opportunity to get him, it might cost you a pick. You know, and I, I think. Well, the one question is then. I see both. I see both sides is, for John. Like, I don't, I don't think. I don't think John's a blow smoke guy. But is anyone else driving up the price for the Raiders? Is there going to be I, a second? But, team? but I think they, they could at the end of the day just say we're going to take them. And you trade. definitely could. I yeah, you could. But I think when it comes to that position, if you love a guy, then. I think you should take that guy at quarterback regardless of what grand godfather offer grandfather offers godfather offers you get at that position. Cause I don't think there's anything more valuable than a franchise quarterback, right? I don't think there's any combination of picks that's more valuable than a franchise quarterback. So like, is there any offer that the, that the chiefs would accept for Patrick Mahomes right now? Could you offer them? Is there anything they would say yes to? No. Like if you said, oh yeah, I mean Andrew Luck and four first rounders. But yeah, but I mean in terms of picks, like there's no amount of picks you could give them. And so I think like if ultimately if you're the Chiefs and you think he's a franchise quarterback, then you better not trade him. I think the difference though is go guy, you've experienced Mahomes. It's hard for you to say like close your eyes and picture uh, Kyler Murray as like a five time Pro Bowler. 
Because you, you you would also, when you close your eyes and envision, you'd be like, well, what about the worst case? <laughs> you know, wh- why wouldn't he be? Wh- we might as well trade him for four first rounders. What if he does stink? Because that was the other thing Peter was telling Lombardi was, the one, or maybe Lombardi told him that the one thing he'd heard is, because Schefter has tweeted, they're not making calls. And Peter thinks there's some pressure from the league to the Cardinals. This The draft's on ABC this year, so it's just to keep the buzz. And just if you're going to do it, do it the day of the draft. Don't kind of ruin the, the lead up right now. Slash, I don't think Kime is all in on it yet and has, like he's made a bunch of calls, they say, to Seattle and just picked the brain of John Schneider what it's like to build around a small quarterback. So he's just trying to wrap, because I, I think a lot of, he's a, he's a, former offensive lineman he's a scout at his core i think you just struggle with the size when you meet a guy it's, i would imagine steve kimes six three four he played nc state division one acc offensive guard so six three or six four he's an enormous human kyler walks into the room shakes his hand he's like I, i'm fucking enormous next to this guy now kimes a big guy anyway but still right he's, he's like i stood next to carson palmer he had me by three inches and we won the division a couple times. You know? I, I talked to Josh Rosen. We looked at each other in the eye. Josh was, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it'd be hard. It'd be easier if, like, John Middlecoff or Harry Roseman was the GM. You're like, I'm eye to eye with this guy. I'm rooting for him, actually. He's <laughs> my type. But even then, if you've been around it long enough, you just – how would be like, I stand next to Carson Wentz. He's – Yeah, I mean, for an NFL like GM, Simmons. being able to look a guy in the eye is not the standard. No. For a good player. It's, <laughs> it's usually a bad thing unless you're like Ozzie Newsome. <laughs> so I <clears> – <throat> I understand where they're probably struggling with it, guy. At the, the personnel people. Like, are we sure? Are we not just riding this hype wave a little bit? Right. And do why should I even trust? I think the balance is that Kingsbury goes, look at my history with quarterbacks. Every guy I recruit is a NFL player. Like, I know if I'm telling you something, I know what I'm looking at. And I think that would be a fair argument from Cliff. This is the one position that I can bound a table for even at this level and go, I know what I want. Cause if you, this is back to your, if you're going to hire the guy, you gotta, his main thing, you gotta go all in with him. Or yeah. But you know what? As simple as that is to say, when you say you've heard, maybe everyone's not on the same, if, if you haven't really figured out, if you really truly don't have everyone on the same page, then I can't assume you're going to do the logical thing. Right. Agreed. So, uh, all right, let's talk about the other short guy, Russell Wilson, who, whose agent gave the NFL a deadline, or not the NFL, the Seahawks a deadline of getting the contract done today, or they will not get a contract done. Not, okay, we won't talk until next year. Like, we're not going to do a deal if it's not done by today. So here we are, 1231 Pacific. Is a deal getting done? Do you think this podcast has come out? And we're like, oh, they got the deal done. Or this podcast exists for a while in the context in which it does, which is Russell Wilson has not signed a new contract and nothing actually has changed. That he just still hasn't signed a new contract. Well, it's a little bizarre guy, this kind of arbitrary date, 4-15, as of today. Because if, if you're them, why wouldn't you just say by the end of OTAs? Like, why, why pick today? Because you are reporting today and you don't want to have to talk about it all off season, like it is kind of a random arbitrary date, I think. Um, I'm sure they've discussed there's reasoning behind it, but I I don't quite get that because we consistently see quarterbacks get paid in like June, 
July. Like I, I do think that they would, if they are willing to pay you, they might not just pay you today, but maybe they'll pay you in a week or a month or two months. Like you could get paid, man. You know, like you could get a, you get a historic contract. What, what's the point? I was thinking last night on these.com promo code ham, get the losses of deep thought. You go, what? Like, I would get week one or even training camp. Like, once we really start, keep the main thing the main thing. And training camp, like, this is kind of fucking around. Like, this OTAs, players are playing golf. You work three days a week. Coaches work, like, three or four days a week. It's kind of relaxed. To me, there's a lot of good dialogue that could take place during this time. Like, what does Russell Wilson's camp have to gain by setting this date? Because to me, you could have some very healthy – like, you're not gaining any leverage – like, bro, you're still – you're under contract this year, and then I got franchise tags for multiple years. I don't know if it's a great – like, I tried to wrap my head around – I don't think it's a great business idea for his side. I would get, you know, middle of July or whenever reporting date is. That that would I, – I get that. But to me, this one, I, I, I couldn't quite figure it out because I, I don't know how it totally benefits them. Well, what if the end game is that he wants to be traded? Like but if even he, if he does, like, you, wouldn't you go, well, we've already got eight years out of him. We'll get three months. That's 11 years out of him. Like, a, you're saying if you're the Seahawks, you're saying we'll just, yeah, keep, we'll just like, tag him twice. When does when the NFL, and he's not going to go like AB? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is this a even team if he, version? Even if he went like Kyrie, like, I want to be traded, you just go, no. Like, that would be their answer. No. Right? He wouldn't get a Kyrie treatment. Like, oh, we'll trade you by the end of the week, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true, but, but, but isn't, they don't want to give him the contract he wants, which is natural. Most You think, I, I think that one of the stories was today, I don't know where he said it, 60 Minutes or some gambling show on Showtime. One thing that they want is to tie the contract to new television deals and the rise in the cap. So like, okay, next year, let's say right. we do a deal right now. Right. So They think great. they're going to be more money from like gambling too, they want some of that. But to me, that their numbers are kind of crazy. Like, there's already a lot of money for gambling. I, I like, know. you think like the MGM is going to give the the NFL, like the MGM? They're, they're separate entities. They don't really need them. You know, I I think that's getting a little overhyped. Like in the gambling, like oh, it's just going to add ten billion dollars. Like, yeah, gambling, especially for football, has been around pretty strongly for a while. Now, I think a lot of people, like I get noticed a lot of DMs. Like, thanks, I've never gambled on golf. Like, I gambled on Tiger. Like, that's new stuff. Maybe gamble on the NBA playoffs, but most people that kind of dabbled in gambling, what do they bet on? Football, because it's kind of the easiest thing to gamble on. But I do get okay. You're going to pay me 32 next year. Well, if the salary cap goes up 15 million next year, that number should be 33 and a half. Like that's kind of a unique idea. I I do get that. So my my contract is basically a percentage, not a number, right? It's not a set number. It's just it fluctuates based on a. I'm worth. 17% of the cap. If that's, I'm just throwing out an arbitrary. Right, 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 right. So that, if 32% or $32 million this year is 17%, well, if next year the cap goes up by 10, that number just goes up incrementally what my percentage is. Which I get, but I can see that the NFL of all leagues is not one to kind of get off the beaten path with these type of things. Well, so, but let me just go back to that, John. Like, if but you want to get traded. What 
what if they don't quite like him as much as everyone thinks they should like? Well, I, I think that's clear. Right. So now the problem is, what's your alternative? Like you've got a guy who, no matter how much you like him, he's clearly fantastic, and he doesn't play defensive end, and he doesn't play wide receiver, he doesn't play left guard, he plays quarterback. That's the position he plays, and in order to trade a quarterback who's good, like you're not trading Jay Cutler because you don't like him and he's not great. You're talking about a future Hall of Famer. I don't think they they're they're kind of stuck. Like you don't get to argue. Well, we don't love them, guys. In your when it comes to making it, a contract, they have they have no arguments, right. none. The team to the they're, fans, they're stuck. Yeah, there there are. If they don't like him, they're stuck. If they like him, then it's fine. You're just gonna have him. Because to me, it's even if let's say the Giants offered him four first rounders, that is not gonna be okay. To, do you know who's fucking throwing a party? Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, the Niners could. The Niners are praying to God, and maybe this is why I think people on the West Coast. Like, if you're a Niner fan, or just if you live in California, you've just seen it feels like Seattle, probably a little more than just if you live in Philly or Texas or something. I think that Russell Wilson is like a top 10 quarterback ever. I, I don't care what the analytics say. I don't care what his numbers are. I just know that if I had another team, the famous Lasorda line, like, I'm sending a limo to pick up fucking Russ Westbrook to play him in the playoffs. I'm sending a limo to pick him up. Again, if we're just talking great players, I'm sending a fucking limo to pick Russ up. Russ Westbrook. I would send a limo to pick up Russell Wilson and then drive him somewhere else. Like, he terrifies you. And I, there's a handful of guys that I felt like that with as a quarterback. And he's one of those guys. In any scenario, in any game, I don't give a shit on a given game like he can. He has the all-time, to me, unique ability. And this is probably why I don't like him, is he can just look like crap. Like, oh my god, Russell looks awful today. And then it's just a switch flips in the fourth quarter, and he just makes two remarkable players. And to me, that's what makes a Hall of Famer. Like, there's something to Russell that you can't really quantify. I, I don't quite know how to describe it. I just know I've watched it, and I know what I've seen. Yeah. And I can try to describe it to you all you want, but if you haven't experienced it quite with me, and I think most Niner fans would agree, he's, yeah, he's I incredible. Think, I think what that category is, John, is the guys that you think you, that, that you know all the game planning you do, you still like can't I, fully game plan for this this level of talent. Like, wouldn't you say, I bet Richard, who's so in the weeds, be like, well, they had to give him extra plays, they had to give him special plays. Like, yeah, Richard, I get that. You know, th- you know, kicked his ass in practice. Yeah, they don't keep scoring practice. Well, John, there's one, there's a category of the scariest players in sports, which are the ones where you do everything right to defend them and they beat you anyway. And that's what Russell Wilson can do. I, I just, the Niners and the Seahawks and even the, the Cardinals for that, for argument's sake, have to be praying to God that in the next two weeks they did the unthinkable in trading him. Because I, I think under no circumstances, unless they somehow got back like Carson Wentz, like if you did a straight up trade for like Carson, I'd be like, okay, I get it. You know, if they didn't want, would, would you do that deal if you were Seattle? Who says no? Carson, Eagles or the Seahawks? I mean, I I would just rather have Russell Wilson right now. I would Howie say no to that? I think Howie I think Howie Roseman would do that deal. Carson for Russell. Don't you? I don't I know he's yeah, older, I, but are you yeah, sure that John Snyder would say no to that deal? I, no, I'm not. Yeah. But I, I think how could you so, tell me that deal could work. Who who do you have more trust in playing for the next five years? Russell Wilson or Carson Wentz? At this point in time, you cannot be confident in Carson Wentz. 
But that, I, I, just two years ago, it looked like Carson Wentz was unlike anything we'd ever seen. It just shows you. But don't you, you feel like if you're Schneider, you could kind of sell that deal to your well, fans? That, 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 that's a sellable deal. But that deal's not, that's not going to happen, right? No, you brought it. You just mentioned it. So it was a fun one. <laughs> but I, we just did a deal that we think both GMs would consider. So is it, is it fair to say that? Because like, both Howie, are uniquely kind of in weird spots. Well, Howie'd have a combo. I'll tell you that much. You'd have a conversation with him. It's, it's not. Would you say, like, the, the Indianapolis Colts would not trade them luck straight up for Russell, right? Yeah, I think what makes the Eagles unique is just they've got a contract situation and an injury situation, and there's a personality situation. The Texans, would you trade them straight up for Deshaun Watson? If you're the Texans, yes. If you're the, well, if you're the Seahawks, uh, no. Could you sell that, though? Uh, I don't think so. I wouldn't buy it. Well, it's like similar type games, and he's not as good. Yeah, exactly. But again, to me, you're trading a guy that has a chance. He's probably not there right now. To be a top 10 quarterback ever. Top 10 quarterback ever. To me, trading that guy when he's 31 years old is insane. I, I don't care how much he costs. Part of guys costing a lot is because you've got the right guy to cost a lot. I get trading Clowney. I get trading Frank Clark or D Ford. I get that. You ain't trading Russell Wilson in his prime. I this is even a conversation is fucking kind of nuts. If I was a Seahawk fan, I'd be a little hot. I'd be like, how are we even doing this? Well, I think the the, the devil's advocate, the counter there was like he wants to be the highest paid player of all time. Which well, yeah, he that's probably the nature of Position, though. Yeah, which he probably deserves, not based on deserves it because he's the best ever, but just like this is the way quarterback contracts work, and the next guy will get more, and the next guy will get more. But you set a deadline on April 15th. Like, you're trying to strong-arm us when we can fran- we, we can play him this year and franchise him next year and franchise him the next year. Like, no. We're not going to get strong. Like, you want to do a deal, let's do a deal, but you're not going to strong-arm us. I can I, understand Yeah, I, I could get that too, pissing him off. Especially just this random April 15th. Like, bro, I'm getting ready for the draft. We just Can't we just do it in a month? I mean, what, what's our rush? Now, they, I think their argument would be like, well, Rodgers was on the same cycle. He was going to be a free agent, and they took care of him last year. And they'd go, well, if we offered you that deal right now, would you even sign it? No, yeah, I, right? Would they sign the Rodgers deal with like a 10% no. You know, oh, just like a little more to make it more. Yeah, I'll say like 105 or 110. Doesn't feel like it, right? No, no. Well, then that's on you guys. Because, like, to me, if you're not offering him something that's right around there, then you're not offering him a contract in good faith. And if you're offering him a contract that's right around there, or if they would take a contract slightly above it and you're near it, then you guys should be able to do a deal. It doesn't feel like, you know. I, so, how many times can you tag a guy? Three times or twice? You can go three. So you're the four. Third, the, so they're like, we're four. But we, he, he wants to play this out. He'll be 30, what, five? I know. So, yeah, let's play chicken, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Seahawks, why would you trade him? I'll play no, chicken would, with you well, in yeah, mid-30s. Yeah, you, 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 if you're the Niners, you're rooting for it. But. I think, guy, if they were to trade Russell Wilson, the Niners in L.A., I don't know what the hell Arizona would do, but they, they would throw an internal party. What would they have to do? Two, I think it would be one of the biggest trades in NFL history. Yeah. Like, Gruden is nuts, whatever, Khalil Mack. But positional p- players have been traded. 
a quarterback in a quarterback league in the prime of his career who's a Super Bowl winner and just a fucking legit superstar traded, that would be, in a, in a franchise with unlimited funds, in theory, would be nuts. Would be nuts. That, to me, that's way crazier than the Mac trade, and the Mac trade was nuts. So it would be double the Mac trade and nuts. There is nothing they can get, I don't think, it sounds like you agree, from a pick standpoint that would make it worth it. Now, if you said them for once, like, okay, let's talk about that. But where would the picks have to be? Like, let's just say two first. Everyone would go, that is, you guys are insane. Okay, so we'll put that aside. How about this? Pick three and Sam Darnold. It's, I don't like, I mean, I like Sam, but I don't like Sam that to make that feel like it's worth it. <laughs> Would you, I, could you sell that to your fans? Yeah, you depend. Like he, you better think he's great. Like, do you, do you, is that enough? I, it feels low to me. Like what, what would feel semi-fair? Like so Sam that's, Darnold, that's exactly where I'm going here. And next year's one. The, uh, see, this is where I go back, John. I don't think there's anything in the realm of picks you can do if the player isn't going to be great that makes it feel worth it. Well, so let's say you viewed Sam Darnold. Like, I view Carson Wentz, when he's healthy, as a MVP. Yes. So you could do Wentz and nothing, and you'd be like, okay, I can, you could sell that to me. But, but if the guy's but that, not an MVP. But like, I think it's fair to say even my hypothetical, and I love that hypothetical, that's just not going to happen, Right. You wouldn't but, think. No, well, we don't think a lot of this is going to happen. But I, I, Sam Darnold won. That's not as crazy. It, it's still in the crazy category because they're all in the crazy category, but you're right. It's not as crazy. But what I'm saying is if you said Darnold. Is that easy for them to sell? Like, yeah, we traded Sam Darnold for Russell Wilson. And then they'd be like, well, Russell wasn't going to sign a contract here, so we got a young quarterback that we had viewed as the number one guy a year ago, and we got the third pick. Okay, well, one first is not going to be enough on that. So you need two firsts and Sam Darnold? Oh, God. I mean, I'm minimum. Not getting, Sam Darnold's worth the third pick, and he's a quarterback. Right. So to me, unlike Rosen, his value still holds a little Do you stronger. think he's going to be an MVP candidate ever? Well, Russell's never won an MVP. Oh, though, know, but he's, he's an MVP in- candidate every year. Yeah. Huh. Uh, like, do I see, when we watch Sam Darnold, do I ever think like I did Carson Wentz two years ago when I was like, right. This is like a faster, stronger Big Ben. This is crazy. Now, you, you know not. what they would argue is like, you know what? Nobody thought of Russell like that coming into his second year. I I think like uh, the third pick, Sam Donald, in next year's two or something wouldn't be that nuts. Because again, to me, Sam, his sticker price still somewhat holds. Like if they were like, we'll trade Sam Donald, I think a lot of teams would be interested, right? How about Baker? Uh, the Browns would not do that. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, well, the Browns definitely wouldn't trade Baker for Russell Wilson straight up if the cost was straight up. I don't think so because he's way cheaper for them. Well, I know, and they, they probably think that they, they. I would imagine internally they think Baker could be an MVP candidate this year. Well, now, again, you're right. It's that's a hope. That's not. I, I uh, do, you, do you know what I know? Huh. Russell Wilson's going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL this year. I know that for a fact. Baker might take a regress. I'm with you, but they they wouldn't do it. I will they say this. It. If I said, who do you think is more likely to win an MVP, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, what's your answer? Baker Mayfield. Yeah, me too. Baker's team is dramatically better when it comes to I don't to even mean this year. I just mean the t- 10 years from now. I um, think Baker's, Baker's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're just, you know, we're close to the draft. 
not quite there, but no, we're close. We're we can have. When does uh? But now we can start. Like someone tweeted at us while we're recording this. Who who said this here? Hold on, let me find this. This is Justin. He says, uh, "You guys probably have something planned, <laughs> but I thought a great pot idea as we get closer to the draft would be if each of you doing a full round one mock, pick by pick, on how you think the drafts will play out." Yeah, I mean that's sounds like a lot of work. May, yeah, maybe we go like top five. Jeff Sullivan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not top. What's uh, the tackle from Washington State's name? Uh, Andre Dillard. Yeah, once I see start seeing him being thrown around, I'm like, I don't know if I've quite. We could do a, We could do an offensive lineman free first round. We could do. We could do like top ten. <laughs> yeah, we could. We'll figure. That's. Uh, we'll. We'll. We'll take that under uh, consideration. Just. We'll do something. We won't do that. I can confident telling you that. I like our listeners also acting as pseudo producers. Yeah, I mean... Was that more production value than sometimes we got at the radio station? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. producers... Uh, you know, I would say I think there were times we weren't the most collaborative with producers. We kind of just, ah, we'll do what we're going to do. We don't need to hear your opinions. We had a lot of guys that we really liked, but... I could have been better in that realm, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't, like, asking anybody else's opinions, as I recall, beyond yours. So, uh, we probably weren't the easiest people to work with in that regard. Yeah, I don't know if we're the most beloved uh, fellow employees that <laughs> people have been around. Uh, but you know, when your name, John, when your name's on the show, it's when your name's like your ass. What your it's your ass in the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these people like they you carry themselves the like fucking, your name on the show. They carry themselves like fucking Russo and Francesca. We never heard of these motherfuckers. <laughs> fucking damn right we did. It's your name on the building. It wasn't physically a building, and really, it wasn't really physically the name anywhere. In the physical world, but the digital world. Kind of need to go get some lunch. I'm hungry. Later. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.